Hey, this is me, Ron, Aquatine Hunger Force, and you're listening to the Planet Earth Podcast, which means you must own you an iPod. Ooh la la, ain't you fancy? I used to have a nano shuffle until it got stuck in my meat and then got covered in that German mustard dipping sauce I got inside of me, and now it don't work no more. And welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, we have award-winning and Emmy-nominated filmmaker Rob McCallum in the house with us. Rob, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, I'm just finally glad the stars aligned. Uh, Randy had been back and forth with me for months, and finally... The time was upon us to make it happen. It's almost <laughs> like it was meant to happen today, Seriously, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? So we should have a good episode in front of us. I'm excited for it. Uh, when we talk with Rob a little later, we're going to be talking about uh, the upcoming docuseries that he's producing called Action Figure Adventures. But before that, we're just going to be talking re- uh, action figures in general in the retro round table, which I'm very excited about because look behind me, boys. What's on the wall here? <laughs> posters. No, oh, yeah. no, not posters. Tons and tons of action oh, figures. <laughs> excited to talk about it. Uh, but then, yeah, after we do that again, we'll be turning our attention over to Rob. But uh, before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod or take the link on our website to become a patron and get access to our Candair Patreon pod. We have a show that releases once a month over there that you can get access to for $5 a month. Plus a lot more projects uh, on the way, some of which we've been sitting here recording all day today. Yep. So. Uh, good stuff to come. Good stuff to come. Some fun little tidbits. Yeah. Fun tidbits, indeed. Anything else, gentlemen? No. I think that's going to do it. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. Grass. Taste bad. All right. Action figures. Where do we begin? Let's start with uh, Rob. What's your favorite action figure or one of your favorite action figures? Well, I'm going to go with the obvious answer, and that's probably got to be Skeletor. Mm. I mean, from the vintage of the Masters of the Universe line, so good. You know, but but as I say that, I'm being stared down by all my He-Man classics figures, and there's an anti-Eternia He-Man that's looking pretty vengeful right now, and he's pretty awesome, too. (laughs) So probably something Masters of the Universe is, is fair. The ones you were talking about on the shelf you're looking at now, were those the ones that were coming out in like the early 2000s or were they newer than that? Uh, the two, the classics line started in 2008 and it went for, well, we're getting new figures. The last batch of new figures from uh, William Stout, the production designer on uh, the Masters Universe movie just got released by Super 7 and they're just hitting door- doorstep. So you're getting uh, Skeletor with the black robes, God Skeletor, Karg, and movie He-Man. So that line has... Almost 400 figures has been going on for 10 years. Uh, it's it is one of the bigger lines out there that was you know subscribe only online for mainly the adult collector, not that kind of adult collection, but <laughs> the adult. That sounds cool. I've, I've got to look these things up. I don't think I've seen them. Have you? I don't think so. I'm, oh, I awesome, might have, man. but they're, they're sick. 
six to seven inches high awesome points of articulation of course the four horsemen are behind them nice. so you know it's great and they, they're sitting right now on castle grayskull classics which is just this behemoth structure and next to that is a vacant space for the snake mountain that comes out hopefully next summer that cost like nine hundred dollars without gosh. shipping but man will it look cool yeah will it look cool man yeah I can't wait to see oh, that. And hopefully that's on your uh, social media. I'll have by myself. <laughs> Is it going to have a microphone that lets you talk through it like the original one? I certainly hope so. And if not, I'll still <laughs> pretend like it's there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Randy, how about you? What's next? So I'm going to go a little bit out of uh, the norm and do some uh, ones that weren't probably as well known that we probably haven't talked about before. Um, when I was growing up, I had, it was a Milton Bradley product called Karate Fighters. And it was like an action figure slash game where you'd have these probably about seven inch figures that you set on this, um, this controller for lack of a better term. And you could move the controller left Uh, and right and they would kick or punch. Yes. They had real loose limbs that would like swing out once you uh, hit a trigger or something. Yeah. So the object is there was a chess piece on every guy that you had to hit kind of like rock'em sock'em robots almost, except instead of the head, it was the chest and they would pop off and they would scream. So (laughs) yeah, you had like all these different, like there was like a ninja and there was like this big monster guy and they all had like weapons you could kind of put in their hands. And I just, I remember thinking it was so cool until you played with it about 10 minutes and got bored with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it seems like it's one of those toys. Was you so you're saying like it's a, a control you'd hold in a hand that your action figure like stood on, like propped on yep. and when you'd like pull a trigger you'd spin around. Yeah, it was like a and, dial. So it seems like if you were playing that with one of your friends, it would become more of just a sparring match, trying to hit the other figure with you. <laughs> I, I, I bash my kid brother's hands so many times yeah. with those. Bloody knuckles everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Instead of holding steady, you're just actually sitting there swinging the whole thing out of yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm saying. That's how you know you're having fun. Bloody knuckles, right? <laughs> I'm going to go next because my, my, uh, one of my picks kind of falls in that same category as, you know, you hit a button on the figure and it falls to pieces or falls apart or screams or whatever. Do you guys remember the incredible crash test dummies? Oh, my God. I forgot yes. about those. Yeah. Those... I got a story about crash test dummies. So you... You go ahead, finish up, and then I'll share my details. Oh, sweet. I can't wait to hear it. I really can't. No, I uh, I think they came, it was a cartoon, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. And uh, But the toys were incredible. I only ever had one of just one of the action figures, and okay. he had uh, two to three buttons on his chest, maybe just two. I think the top one would launch his head off, and the other button, his arms and legs, would fly mm. off. But... Um, you know, they were just what they promised, little crash test dummies. You you know, I never had the vehicles, but I had other vehicles like G.I. Joe vehicles and stuff that I would set them in and just ram them into the wall and they would fly into pieces. Didn't those just get really popular because of the commercials, like the seatbelt commercials? They did. Yeah, they did. But um, as you know, as quickly as you buy it and start playing with it, the pieces are so small, you lose them. Even if you don't <laughs> lose them, trying to get an arm to stay in without the spring shooting it back out was nearly impossible. But I've seen them uh, down at Big Fun before, but they demand a pretty high dollar sometimes just mm. because finding one intact right, is yeah, hard to right. find. You know? But <laughs> I'm dying to hear what Rob's uh, tash, uh, excuse me, crash test dummy story is. Well, when these came out, I was I was kind of on that uh, special time of our lives, and we're just starting to lose interest in toys, and we're not sure why, and we're turning our direction towards other things. But there was still enough, enough of a, a play kind of vibe within me that I that I wanted them. And my grandparents, who who raised me, they're like, you know what, you don't want those. I'm like, why not? And I said, they look kind of cool. Look, they fly apart. It's going to be 
great for action. They're going to, you know, mix a little with turtles or, or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 we're never buying you anything that is meant to be broken. And so from that point on, I was never allowed to have them and never had one in my hand. Really? They, never, they couldn't get behind something that was designed to break. <laughs> I think we need to track some down for Mr. Rob, guys. Yeah, it's so, a it's a fake. Well, it's break, it's not though. really a burning it's not really a burning thing that I need, <laughs> but I just remember very distinctly to never like invest in something that is supposed to like you know break or or come apart because what are you really investing in? So it's kind of like a big life lesson that really didn't hit me until until you years later but yeah as far as like action figure memories what lines was i allowed to play with crash test dummies was one that was not really forbidden it just never made sense to to my folks for me to have my parents probably would have rather gotten that for me because i used to take all my toys apart which ended up being broken when they were done <laughs> putting them this, back together this guy does the work for him. <laughs> i could have never been friends with a guy like oh don't don't have that guy over he's just gonna break all your toys <laughs> oh yeah yeah i hated the, the kind of kid you were when i was a kid yeah Mutilator. <laughs> it was accident most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time being the key word there. We're over to Jack. Speaking of breaking toys, Omega Supreme, one of the Transformers, he was a, a giant figure that turned into a rocket base and a tank that drove around mechanically. Oh, wow. And I thought I'd be cool. and Like remote control? like No, it just you'd turn him on, set him on the track, and he would oh, just I see. patrol around the track. And then his arms would turn into a big rocket ship. But, yeah, I thought I'd figure out how he worked and took him all apart. <laughs> I'm almost so mad because my grandma had bought that for me for Christmas in one year. Man. But he was cool as hell. I've seen him in a couple of toy stores, and I've almost picked him up just because. I'd love to, to see the inside workings of that. <laughs> yeah. <thing. laughs> I forgot what they look like. Man. Yeah. I bet you're sick now thinking about some of the shit you torn apart that would have been yeah, worth money years later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're back to Rob. Well, I get two. This is great. Oh, yeah, you uh, might even get three. I, oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, well, tur- Turtles was a big staple line for me, for sure. I had, you know, like most of you guys, I'm sure, were, I was knee-deep in Turtles. I had everything. I remember for my birthday, I got the Turtle Blimp, which is a little oh. bit of a departure from, like, you know, a favorite figure or whatever. But I remember it's the only time, too, that I got to open a present, like, on a school day before school. And of course, now I know why that my folks never let me do that, because all I did was want to stay home and play with. Remember that giant turtle blimp? And I had just went to school. I told everybody, but they're like, oh, no, you don't have it. You would have brought something with it. And I just sat there. I remember doodling it all day, drawing little Ninja Turtles and, and thinking up all the different play scenarios I do when I got home. And sure enough, as soon as I got home, it was it was like playtime was on with that blimp and, and all my guys. So Turtles is definitely up there as well. Wasn't that the worst as a kid when you get a gift like that? But like you said it's given to you right before school or it's like (laughs) christmas morning you open something stellar and immediately have to get dressed and like spend the day driving to family's house yeah really get me back home to my stuff oh my folks smart though like my my folks had me covered because i opened and i was so excited i'm like oh i'm not feeling so good i don't think and they could tell that i just wanted to stay home from school they're like well if you're gonna stay home you can't play with anything you're not good enough to go to school you're not good enough to play i'm like i think i'm feeling better (laughs) (laughs) damn it foiled again (laughs) yeah tracks no kidding they had a turtle blimp all blown up and hanging from the ceiling at the kokomo toy store when i went up there yeah yeah, that was a f- that and the uh, Krang body. Uh, there were two things I always wanted to get: uh, the Krang body more so than the blimp. But uh, and they have I've, I've there's one downtown for like ninety dollars in great condition. But man, that ninety dollars can pay for so many other things, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 my white whale is the is the Krang body a good one anyway? I've seen some pretty <laughs> shabby a lot of people ones ask out there. About but... that. 
a lot of people had asked us about that, how many times we got to see that in our travels for action figure adventure, which we'll talk about later, of course. But that was one that came up with a lot of Turtle fans. Did you see the Krang body? I saw one for this price. Is this a good price? Like all of a sudden doing these big collecting documentaries, you become, you know, a, a little bit of a price expert because you visit so many stores within a short amount of time that it, it gives you a really good kind of idea of what things can go for. And sure. It was funny to hear all these questions come in. What's this worth? What's this worth? Would you pay this? So it's kind of fun. Yeah, and it's, it's exactly true because the first time I saw a crane body out in the wild, like some guy had for sale at a show, it was missing its antenna. The bibs were ripped off, none of the stickers, and he mm. wanted 40 for it. And I kind of was like, get lost, buddy. <laughs> but looking back now, like uh, Rob's saying, having looked at so many different prices, different stores, comparing, that wasn't a horrible price. Right. You know, I could have maybe doctored it up, got the stickers reprinted and stuff, put some little elbow grease into it, but it wasn't a horrible price. <laughs> Probably still want to paint it, but anywho. All right. We are back to who? Randy? Yeah, I think it's me. And uh, Rob, feel free to chime in on this because I'm kind of stealing something from you. Um, few, uh, uh, I guess it was last month, I think, I saw uh, Rob post something on his. Uh, Facebook post uh, army ants. You guys remember those? Oh my god, I had so many wow. of them. Yeah, I never had yeah. them, but I remember them. It was a great Christmas memory for my son this year for Christmas morning with with some army ants that I got from a really good friend of mine, Glenn. He uh, he was getting rid of his old stuff. He knew that we were doing action figure adventure and he wanted to uh you know help with the cause because we're looking to do stuff for photography and cutaways right and i i didn't even realize this because he gave me like a big rubbermaid bin and at the last thing i saw as i was going through was a bag of like 24 army ants and i'd been looking and that was one thing that i didn't see anywhere in our travels while making the the series this summer saved one spot at a local fair where i had like three or four of them and they want like eight dollars each for them or something like that so i got a bag of army ants for my son for christmas and i set them all up in a big display and he came down the stairs didn't even look at the christmas tree he saw on the kitchen table because it's kind of like an open concept room all these army ants he just went nuts for it he didn't care about any of the other presents he just wanted to play with army ants and it was really awesome yeah that's yeah. cool those it, are all the they're the blue and then the orange yeah yeah okay yeah. and they had like those little green whatever bug term it is but their butts or whatever yes yeah. abdomen yeah they're yeah, abdomen <laughs> but yeah it was one of those things where i saw those and i was like holy crap i forgot about those i'm gonna have to look them up because your description of them isn't what i'm remembering at all i'm remembering like little like PVC an inch and a half tall they're an inch and a half tall they're they don't have any articulation they have swappable weapons um different poses and whatnot I'm going to look into this. Yeah, okay. I, think, I want to say I probably had almost all of them at one point. Really? Yeah. Those things wow. were cool. I even went and started hand painting them, but I used uh, enamel paint, which was a bad idea on those <laughs> because it doesn't ever get dry. It stays tacky. Oh, really? So after a couple of them, I was like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and then Jack lit them on fire. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to see what was inside. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Very good. That was your pick. Okay, so my next pick is going to be uh, an action figure that has been here for almost every single Candair recording. He's standing on Jack's mic stand right now. He's a Starcom little astronaut mm, yes. magnetic uh, feet figure that I've had since, man, as long as I can remember. And it's so funny because I've had so many toys over the years and... You know, over the years, you, you you lose things and think, how could have that got lost? But it's always the tiniest, smallest, most losable things that I keep my hands on. Like my Mighty Max, still have him, but his <laughs> world and everything, gone. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I had a whole ship for him and everything. It's all gone. Just the little guy left. 
but I never see them. Ever. Never. Nope. Never. And uh, this past year at Wizard World, Jack uh, spotted one on the shelf. It was 40 bucks, $39.99. Oh, was it that much? I thought it was more. It, it, I thought it was, too. I, I took a picture, and I yeah. found the photograph of it. But um, they were just cool as hell, and I played with them so many times. It, I remember like putting him in his little spaceship, and uh, I had a little button that you could press that the wings would extend out real slow with like a hiss sound effect. They were such cool toys, but the ship had a magnet a magnet on the bottom too. Okay. So I'd make it like he'd flying through space and he'd come to the refrigerator and he could land sideways land right on it and then walk <laughs> sideways down it. Like it was, I don't know, it really opened up your imagination with the action figure and all it was was just little tiny magnets. Yep. I remember having one. I don't remember much about it other than mm-hmm. I remember when I saw it on the mic stand, I was like, man, I had one of those. Yeah, and if, <laughs> I mean, as other. tiny as they are too, they had like little <coughs> tiny clear visors for their helmets that would come up and down, if yep. you remember. But I had him, this guy who's got red boots, or excuse me, red jumpsuit with black boots, but I also had one who was in the all black suit. That's the guy who came with the, the little ship. But mm. man, those are cool toys. And if they weren't $40 a piece for a little one-inch action figure, <laughs> yeah. I'd buy more. But uh, until that day, <laughs> this will be the only one we have. <laughs> if you bought that one for 40 bucks, it'd never be open. That's for I sure. would never open nope. it. No. I mean, trying to find one of those, that's why it's 40 bucks. Yeah. So finding that on, on board is probably very hard. But anyway, we are uh, over town to Jack. You guys remember Sky Commanders? Sounds familiar. No, they were probably uh, they were probably they weren't as big as the three and three quarter size. They're probably about half that size, small figures. But they all had backpacks, and the whole thing with them is that they they had uh, zip lines that everyone that attached back and forth on. Okay. Okay. Vaguely, yes. And they also had some big, big vehicles that it was instead of a, a zip line, it was like a big, like two inch track that they would crawl across back and forth and stuff on. Hmm. No, I uh, the house I grew up in had an open loft. I think I've told this before, like from the upstairs down to the living room, and we'd get those like zip liney kind of things and stretch them, you know, from the upstairs bedroom down the hallway over the <laughs> over the ledge down into the living room. And boy, those action figures would go on a trip. <laughs> that was the worst part about the the toys, though. Is their their backpacks I think came with like a retractable zip line somehow, but it was only maybe six foot, so not no kid has a play space at six yeah. feet. It's usually bigger than that, so it was never big enough. So would you hit a button and like reel itself in or No, you had to hang them on it at an you know, at an angle yeah. so they would zip down. But I see. all the characters had like a wrist piece that they could do it on their own. And if they fell off it it was a bungee that they would spring and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. But there was a whole bad guy, good guy. Hmm. Teams like that. There was a cartoon for it for a little okay, while. Okay, that's too. probably what I'm remembering. Yeah. Okay. Huh. It sounds familiar, but yeah, I don't I never had any of them. They were cool. Sure. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like each backpack was specialized. One guy's had like a big wheel that would roll over and take out anyone else. Right. They had guns on them. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Another I have to look up with army ants, <laughs> it would seem. Uh, I think we've got enough time to go around one more uh one more, Rob. That is if you have another one. I do, but I'm going to come at it maybe from another direction, and that's the one figure I wish I always had as a kid. Okay. Is that okay? Can I play? Can I mix it up a bit? All yeah, right. Absolutely. So, I'm sure you guys remember the Dick Tracy line from Playmates. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. And of course, if there's one figure that nobody had from this line, seemingly at least in Canada, that was yep. the blank. Yep. Yep. Now this is this is still out there for a lot of collectors as a holy grail. It's not you know a hugely popular line. I think 
think they only had 12 figures and the blank was the 13th and the figures weren't all that great very playmates looked a lot like the star trek figures that i think came out around the same time by the same company kind of plasticky but there was fun good accessories and whatnot i was a big fan of the movie of course the dick tracy movie brought a lot from batman including danny elfman and the set design and production but the blank was so elusive and i was so frustrated that i never got that line or that last uh, character in, in that line because that was probably the last true line that I remember collecting as a kid and like hunting down in every store going through the figures on the peg hoping to find that one specifically yeah I was the same way I had every single character and I actually saw that in the wild when I was like eight or nine we were my family and I went some random I don't know where we were at but there was like a an antique store and they had one of those for like 20 bucks and I told my dad I'm like we gotta get this we dad please please and my dad's like no, 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 I'm gonna pay $20 for an action figure so I had it in my hand in my hand <laughs> whoa in Powell there is an antique store Powell being a little uh, little part of Columbus just north of town here that uh, was Christmas shopping in they've got at least eight of those figures on card still those really? Dick Tracy action figures yeah and they were like eight bucks a piece. So I'd say there's probably a good chance. They're easy to find, except for the blank. Except for You the can blank. still find Dick Tracy, a big boy, you know, Sam Ketchum, all of them. You can find them for, you know, like you said, eight to 20 bucks at, at most, except for the blank, which you'll find for 600 to 1,000 loose. And on card is about 2,000 right now. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, Give my dad crap to this exactly. Day, <laughs> <laughs> Never live that one down. All right, very good pick. Very good pick. Uh, back to Randy. Uh, so the final one I've got is probably the most weird action figure series I ever had. Uh, it was mid '90s. It was called Food Fighters. You guys know? About I these? remember mm-hmm. those. Yeah, there was like hamburger, fries, tomato, and stuff. They were all done up in like uh, like artillery. And yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a pizza. This was the awesome part of the 90s right this was all like the mutant stuff so it was like mutant food and then like street sharks are kind of part of that and same with like biker mice yeah right totally (laughs) and i just remember i I, my mom used to work at a a convenience store called hearts uh it was kind of like a big bear um when they went out she got like a bunch of it was like close to christmas so she got like a bunch of stuff on clearance and stuff like that so i got like pretty much the full run of uh food fighters and i think like a frying pan helicopter or something and i remember like getting these i'm like these are cool but i don't know what to do (laughs) just because they were just so weird and uh played with them over the years and of course lost them and stuff like that now i like walk around and see like how rare they were i'm like damn it (laughs) yeah man if i had them they'd had a bite out of them see if they really tasted that food (laughs) (laughs) i doubt you you'd have been let down jack you had been let down oh man uh is it my turn Yep. There used to be the this action figure. It was just it was a gift from my grandmother for Christmas, and I don't remember what they're called. I've ever, only ever seen one in the wild uh, once, and it didn't work. But it was uh, some kind of like an astronaut, and these figures stood probably eight to nine inches tall. They were pretty pretty tall and bulky, and they had like four or five buttons on their chest, and the whole face was nothing but an LCD display. So when you would hit a button like his face would come on and make like 
make different faces. His mouth would move, his eyes would move, but his face was flat. It was like an LCD, like an LED, whatever that's called. Oh my God, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I had about? one of those, yeah. I had like an army man or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and they were great big, but uh, they inevitably always ended up being the villain in whatever I was playing with my toys. <laughs> you know, he, was, he loomed over everyone else and looked pretty intimidating and was the only action figure that would scream at the other one, so. The face was kind of like one of those Tiger Electronic games, yes, right? Like, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes, 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 yep. exactly. And after, you know, a six months of play you already started to lose it. that's why i never bought it when i saw it like big fun or something mm. because more than likely it's not going to work anymore well it didn't they're like well you can put new batteries in i'm like yeah i bet you this mm, corrosion yeah. city in the back of this <laughs> yeah, guy really. so but never bought him but that would be that would be my last pick what about you jack the toy line sectors if you guys i might have pointed out that there's only one figure in that oh so god prince dargon General Spydrax, yes. I don't remember much of them, just other than my mind getting jogged every time I go to a like a retro toy store. Because usually the one that they have is the same one that I had. But they were like a, a mutant bug people race, I guess. They were come from the planet Symbion, I think it was called. And the, each one of them came yep. with like a sidekick pet. The one that, that I sounds had. Sounds familiar. It was like a six-legged, almost like a dog. And it had a button on his back where his mouth would chomp. But they were cool. Yeah, they, they just relaunched that line. Are you serious? Yeah, so in, back in the 80s, and it was a line created by Coleco, if yeah. you can believe it, of course, behind ColecoVision. And uh, they just relaunched it with the Kickstarter from a couple of years ago, and the figures started to ship in the fall. Uh, it's at three and three quarter scale now, though, instead of ten, uh, the 10 inch of the original. Get out. I just remember the big. And here's the ones. other cool fact one of the creators from. It also created Boglins, so a lot of the, the the rides or the vehicles for sectars had your hand in like the spider right. or the dragonfly that they would sit on, which would sit on the top of your hand. You can see that kind of play translate to to Boglins as well. And then it shouldn't surprise you anymore that Tim Clark, the individual I'm talking about, started his uh, career working with the Muppets and worked on Dark Crystal. Oh, cool! Well, that totally makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always thought that was cool. The big riding mounts that they had was a black glove and then like a big is either a spider yeah. body or like a dragonfly or something. I remember like that. you talking about those on the episode long time long ago. Long time. Yeah, yeah. I brought them up a long, long it's been time a minute ago. ago. Yeah, those are cool. Those are neat. But those I've are... only ever seen just that one character out with the, the hmm. same one that I had hmm. out in the wild. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's your white whale. That's You'll it. get it. <laughs> You'll get it. They also had a cartoon for that show, too, or that that toy line. I don't think it was very long. What didn't they have a cartoon series for? Yeah, well, that's true. Tell me about yeah, it. Mostly toys did. All that stuff only usually had 13 episodes, right? Like that and Visionaries. They are all but done by Sunbow, it seemed. All had the same voices as Joe and Transformer. Yeah. And <laughs> that's one season. Actually, a big bunch of comics that I just got the other day had a Sectors comic. It was, I think, a number one. And that was, I don't know, that was Robotics. That was the only one that came out. But, yeah, I got a comic book from them. Hmm, Nice. That's it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's move our attention over to Rob and talk more about uh, action figure adventure. This is something that's going to be right up our alley, as you can tell by the conversation we've had here. Very excited to talk about it. And Rob, I want to thank you again for being here. Uh, we here at Candair are familiar with uh, your work on Nintendo Quest, and we've had Jay Bartlett on the show uh, very exciting documentary, so I'm excited to uh, actually see the Action Figure Adventure series. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so much like Nintendo Quest, Action Figure Adventure uh, follows Jay on a mission to collect the coolest, rarest, and most 
noteworthy action figures across about a six-month span uh, with the goal of putting them into an auction where all the proceeds go to help a local charity in our hometown called Children's Health. So they help critical ill children who basically need, you know, any and all kind of help that you can imagine. Specifically, the funds are going to help the Child Life Program, which is it, it pairs kids with kind of specialists that take their mind off of the daily trips that they have to make to the hospital to get, you know, whether it's medication or appointments or x-rays and stuff and, you know, filming with them, you can hear the frustration and anger, what it's like going to a hospital. So this program is really important. It makes that trip a lot easier. And so if we can give some money towards that to keep it going, then I think that's great. And what better than the power of action figures to raise money? So Jay's taking his wits about him and hitting the road, and we're following him with a film crew. He's fronting the cash, and the difference from the auction goes to help these kids. And that's, you know, the the gist of it. It's a 10-episode docuseries. And along the way, we wrap in uh, other talks with people from the community and, and creators, guys that uh, helped create and design G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, uh, figure designers, fans, of course, uh, cartoon creators and writers. Everyone's part of the mix to talk about the importance of action figures and and just how much it's changed in the last 40, 50, 60 years. I cannot freaking wait. <laughs> I can't wait. No. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The good news is, the good news is January 21st, our Kickstarter campaign kicks off. Now, here's the real good news. The series has been sold in Canada, at least for now, and it'll premiere November 2020. But we're running a Kickstarter campaign starting January 21st so that any collectors out there or people that really want to get on board have a chance to own a physical disc, so DVD or Blu-ray. And, of course, there's bonus features and whatnot. And, you know, indie stuff usually doesn't get to have a physical release nowadays. It's all about streaming and digital offerings. No distributors really believe in that anymore. So this is their chance to kind of get on board and, and get one for yourself. It's been highly successful for us to go to Kickstarter in the past with Nintendo Quest and most recently video game box art. Uh, that I, Another series I did that looks at the illustrators of video games. Uh, all that, you know, had basically a fan offering first to get it on, on disc because it'll be just broadcast and digital after that. So not only will you guys not have to wait long to see our, our full length trailer, you'll have a chance to kind of secure a physical copy for your collections. That's exciting. That's exciting. Kickstarter is a great, uh, great method, great yeah. way to get that kind of stuff funded, as we've seen here on Candare time and time again. Um, and I'm really excited for the video game box art documentary thing, too. Now, is this something that's already out? Yeah, it just came out. We just kind of released it to uh, the world last week. Uh, mainly because we didn't have to, we didn't want to cross our signals with both projects at the same time. So, uh, video game box art air, started airing and broadcast in November, and then the same company saw how well that was doing and loved working with us, which is why they picked up Action Figure Adventure so early in the process. Because we're still doing some filming for it, and we we got to really dive into post on it. But they're like, you know, this is awesome. We love the kind of content that you do. And they had previously bought Nintendo Quest and the Power Tour, and we turned that into 13 episodes instead of a standalone feature. Uh, so they believe in the brand. And so Video Game Box Art is out there now. You can buy it uh, through our on-demand Vimeo page. I think it's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 bucks or something like that for all eight episodes that look at the people behind the most iconic gaming covers. Because frankly, a lot of people don't know who painted those covers because uh, they weren't ever allowed to sign them or ever take credit for that. But they're the things that people most remember, right? You're talking Easy, like yeah. the classic covers or just covers since You're talking everything. So everything, everything from Fairchild, the first cartridge based system, all the way up until call it PS4. 
That the Mega really Man cool. holding a blaster gun instead of actually looking like he actually does in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked to Mark Erickson, who did Mega Man 2's cover, which is, I think, what you're talking about there. And, you know, we talked to uh, Brom, who did Diablo and Doom 2, and so oh, wow. PC, console. Uh, yeah, lots of different stuff. There's a lot of different stories. We go to E3 to talk about the future of box art design on that. So we take the same kind of approach, and it's really interesting that you bring that up. And you guys, of course, have seen Nintendo Quest. So mm-hmm. action Figure Adventure is a good amalgamation of both of those worlds where we really harnessed how we wanted to do a series approach with box art uh, and took the the quest motif and were able to string it across 10 episodes for Action Figure Adventure, but still have standalone segments that discuss, in this case, you know, what is the role and function of a playset? You know, are there different kinds of collectors? Are there levels to collecting? What are the rules to collecting? Well, how important is a, is a play feature or an action feature? What is the evolution of action figures? What is the future of action figures? And when you start picking different fans from all these different uh, stuff, like we talked about at the beginning of this show, you really get a cool cross-section and examination of why people love action figures so much. And, of course, we have to have the mother of all topics. Is it a doll or is it an action figure? We get guys, we get guys like Kevin Smith on board who, who talks about that in our series as well. Oh, nice. Very nice. Cool. So are you able to then divulge any of uh, the toys you're going to be seeking after in this docuseries? Or is that trying to uh, trying to keep that all secret? Well, you know, for now, I'll keep it secret. I mean, you guys are going to know pretty soon because they're all being auctioned off, right? So mm-hmm. the auction episode is the one episode we haven't shot yet, and that'll, uh, that'll happen in May on Free Comic Book Day here in Canada. I think it's May 5th or so this year. Uh, and so we're going to have to promote what is available in the auction, so you guys will see it at that point. But it's a lot of the cool staples that you would expect and of course a lot of stuff that you'd never expect to come across as well i think jay hit a total of 12 stores or or 12 visits or or something like that across the six months we basically went out once or twice a month because we you know have full-time jobs doing this stuff and so we'd hit the road with the crew go visit a store he'd have to make decisions on the spot because we'd have to drive back to where we are instead of staying over and you know costing more money and time to do it and you know you just make do with what you can but you know all the big lines are represented i will say this instead of going after maybe some of the more obscure stuff like silverhawks or sectars and whatnot as a piece in the auction you've got to really build something that are gonna that's gonna interest the masses right so you're talking star wars turtles gi joe transformers and he-man those are those are kind of like the big five that he was going after that'll be fun silverhawks i know that's uh, really uh that's not to say that we don't come across stuff like that or or mask. We're huge fans of mask and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like some of these other lines as well. But is it the kind of goal of the auction? Not necessarily. Do we come across some awesome stuff along the way and take a few minutes to look at it and really appreciate it? You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys stay up in Canada or did you come down to the States at all for it? We went to the States a little bit. We did a little bit of hunting in New Jersey. We went to Big Fun in Columbus. So there's an episode that's shot there, which is cool, or part of an episode. And we went uh, along the, the Golden Coast to California from San Francisco to uh, Anaheim. Nice. Nice. So all over the country. Yeah, yeah and it's cool because it, it's like Nintendo Quest. It's a little bit of a game. You know, how would you play it as a collector, right? So Jay's got a budget that he's working with. He's starting with essentially like 5000 U.S. and we got to constantly convert it because there's Canadian stores. So he'll buy something for Canadian, and on screen you'll see that that translates to this American, so that kind of everything stays on the same line. But he's got five grand to go out there with his own cash to to put forward to see what he can get, and he he gets some good deals. He gets some 
surprising things, but he's, you know, put in the situations that all of us as collectors are always put into, you know, do I get this now? What if I can't find it later? Is this the quality I want? You know, are, are other people going to think it's cool? And there's always the ticking clock and the dwindling budget. So what choice do you make? And it's kind of heavy, but you know, every decision that he makes with the budget and the auction affects these kids who could use every dollar. Sure. So it's not, it's not just like, okay, well next time I'll pick up that figure that I passed on. It's like, Okay, well, do you get something like a a boxed Optimus Prime, or do you get the boxed, you know, Ninja Turtle sewer set? Ooh. What do you do? These are the questions, aren't they? Now, uh, if you can't, these are questions of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand if you can't answer this, but I, I saw Nintendo Quest as well, and I know a lot of that during Nintendo Quest kind of put like a uh, Jay in kind of uncomfortable and stressful situations. Was he, do you think, as stressed in some of this for this documentary as he was Nintendo Quest, or was it a little bit more relaxed? I think that, kind of like at the end of Return of the Jedi, and Jay's a big Star Wars fan, the Emperor turns to Luke and says, you know, your overconfidence is your weakness. I think Jay comes into this having gone through Nintendo Quest, thinking he knows how it's going to go. But as soon as he gets in some of those situations again, you almost see the stress return, like, twofold. And so... He knows that the cameras are on him, and there's more cameras this time. And it's not going to be cut down into a 90-minute film where you know you can only show like kind of the best, the best of a 30-day journey. This is full-on episodes, right? So we're spending a lot of time in each of these stores, and we're really letting it all play out, you know, bumps, bruises, and all. And I think that comes with its own kind of stress, and the fact that he's not doing it for himself, and again, that he's trying to help help these kids with his expertise right. that has a whole new kind of level of pressure because right. when you're only when you're the only one to suffer the wounds of your own choices that's fine we can all take our own licks and learn from it and move on but when we make decisions that start affecting other people and other people that need the help and can't really do it for themselves that's that's a lot of gravitas and i'm the guy there that's always pushing his buttons to remind him of every choice <laughs> that he makes you know has a ripple effect so you better not screw up buddy <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Now, you said, uh, now by the time anyone's hearing this, the Kickstarter is going to be, or no, that's not true. What is today? The That is true. About a week, yeah. is it? No. Excuse me. So, yes, by the time anyone's hearing this, the Kickstarter will be live. And you said that's running till when again? February 13th, so the Thursday. So it's about a three-week campaign. So you've got a little bit of time to go there and check it out. We're not doing anything crazy like early bird rewards. I don't believe in them. Uh, as a Kickstarter campaign runner, I don't want to punish anybody who finds the campaign late or, you know, has to wait till payday. So if you're tuning in now and the campaign's been running for a week, no problem. Head over to Kickstarter.com, search Action Figure Adventure, or find the link on our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash Action Figure Adventure, I believe. And, you know, head over there, you know, figure out what you want, whether you want just, you know, the digital bundle of just the 10 episodes, you want the digital bundle with the bonus content, or you we want that DVD or you want that Blu-ray with the alternative art and it's signed and an extra disc, a bonus material. So that three disc Blu-ray set, that's that's going to be cool. We're also going to offer, I think, a kind of a companion perk, which is a little bit like I'm sure you guys are used to in Patreon and other folks there where you can kind of follow along with the progress. So I forget the number that we have on it, the price to do, but you get the three disc Blu-ray, your name, the credits and all that, but then you get access to a special Vimeo page where we'll put rough cuts of episodes up and we'll show you, you know, extended, you know, trailers or, or what it's like to, to cut a scene and time lapse, basically do a lot of updates along the way to kind of really make you feel a part of the quest. 
Awesome. Hmm. That seems so cool. I cannot wait to watch this. And again, the Kickstarter is a great way for people to guarantee their uh, physical copies if that's the kind of copy you want to get your hands on there. And I uh, encourage people to head over to uh, robmccallumfilms.com where you can find out more about him. We're going to be having links to not only the website but to the Kickstarter on our uh, web page and social media. So really helping uh, push people over that way. And Rob, I really want to thank you, man, for being here today. This has been awesome to talk to you, and you've just got me freaking amped for this series. Good. That's kind of the goal, right? That's yeah. Maybe this is why the stars aligned for today, to get you pumped, brother. Yeah, it worked. Mission accomplished. I cannot freaking wait. So thanks again, and stay in touch, man, all right? Yeah, I'm only a message away, guys. You know that. Randy knows that. I feel like I talk to him weekly just as a check-in. How's it going? Yes, going sir. <laughs> can, you come on, can, you, can you come on this week? No. Nope. Okay, I'll try next week. What do you want now, Randy? Jeez. <laughs> so we know the next time it actually works out again that there's, there's, there's a bigger meaning behind it, right? right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can check out show highlights, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, buy some merch, become a patron, see some YouTube videos. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at candairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And again, if you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod, where you can, for $5 a month, get access to the Candair Patreon pod and all the other goodies that we're putting together uh, to give uh, to our patrons. Some, some of them just being digital albums, other ones being physical things that you can uh, put on your desk here. We have the, we have the Candair plastic uh, display light that's sitting here right in front of us as we talk that's flashing all kinds of different colors. So if you're that big a fan... We have an option for you. Mm-hmm. We have an option for you. So, again, uh, patreon.com forward slash Pod, or just take the link on our website. And uh, if you want to uh, see another side of me and Jack, I remembered, Randy, this week. <laughs> <laughs> we have another show called What If, where we spend about 40 minutes uh, just in the same fashion as the old Marvel What If comics, looking at a twist on reality. We look at, uh, in past episodes, what if we could control the weather? What if human beings could fly? What if Bigfoot had been found? What if Krampus were real? Some of the topics we've uh, discussed, and man, they're just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, check that out at uh, What If. Search What If series in your podcast player of choice, or if you just search Candare Productions, you'll get this and that show come up. Anything else, gentlemen? May 30th, Lewis Center, Ohio, the Torgs Gaming Expo. Uh, Jay will be coming down for that. Uh, We'll have plenty of other guests. Uh, Tournaments, video games, comics, toys, you name it, we'll have it. Us. Yes, us. We will be there. Let that be your incentive. (laughs) But yeah, definitely check it out, guys. And there you have it. And I think that's all we have for you this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Rob McGallum. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare Podcast. 
And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Oh, for sure, for sure. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.